I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched the Disney 2016 remake of Pete's Dragon. I will say right at the top, calling it a remake is a bold choice because this is basically a completely different movie in almost every facet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the only thing these the original and this have in common is a boy who is an orphan named Pete and he has friends with a dragon named Elliot. Yep. That's pretty much it. So, um, who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this movie? All right. Um, we begin the film in a car with a child who we know is Pete, who is going on an adventure with his parents. As they speak, we realize, oh no, something's bad. Bad is going to happen. And a deer runs out in front of the car. It crashes. It flips. And the parents are gone, and Pete is left. He is five-ish, four. Uh, he gets his stuff right before his mother said he was the bravest boy in the world. And he braves into the forest, is chased by wolves, but is saved by a dragon. Uh, he names this dragon Elliot, probably based on this book that he has that was given to him by his parents. Um, and six years later, he's still in the woods with Elliot after a day of frolicking in the woods. Uh, he comes across a person. He doesn't talk to them, but he takes something from, uh, this woman, uh, who earlier we saw is the daughter of somebody who had met a dragon, apparently. So, yeah. She seems to be like a park ranger or something. Yeah. So... Uh, eventually, I forget how, but Pete, uh, is seen by people. They get him because they're like, what is this kid doing? Because he's, uh, in rags, long hair. Uh, they, they take- He's like Tarzan. (laughs) Yeah. They take him to the town, like, eventually figure out, you know, that he has been a missing child for six years. He tries to go to the forest. But he ends up um, going into the into the home of the woman and her, I guess, fiance and his daughter. The daughter they have a they they connect and she's like telling him kind of what's going on, uh, and they they have a, a a friendship. Elliot, for a bit, you know, Pete's been missing, so he goes to look for. So Elliot goes to look for Pete. He is seen by people. Those people chase him, eventually capture him at the same time that Pete has brought his kind of new family to see Elliot. So, yeah, Elliot gets captured and taken to this sawmill. And, you know, they manage to at least free him from the sawmill, but then there's kind of a chase in it. So what what's going to happen to Elliot? What's going to happen to Pete? Yeah. Yeah. What did we think of this movie? I I enjoyed it. Um, and I will, you know, I did not enjoy it as much as the original, my, the I Disney called. musical. Um, but um, you know, and it doesn't it didn't have nostalgia for me or anything. But I was pleasantly 
I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked the um, the CG effects and you know and and the dragon and all that. But uh, but anyway, um, it was uh, enjoyable. Is hard to say because because it was it's a drama almost. Compa- well, I think they might have said it was a drama, um, and so those are harder kind of on your heart. But I was engaged. I'll just say that I, I was I was I was engaged for the most part. Yeah, uh, there are some threads of the story or. Or characters that I did that didn't do a lot for me, like the antagonist. Like a character in particular. Okay, so the antagonist, the the guy who captures Elliot, is the brother of the fiance, Bryce Dallas Howard's fiance. But the fiance doesn't really do much. He's yeah, so he's kind of a nothing guy, and the uh, motivation for the antagonist is flimsy. So. I don't know. Uh, the effects were, you know, pretty. Uh, lighting could be better, but that's just like a modern issue. It was, it was fine. I don't think I'd recommend it. Uh, I didn't most lightly recommend it, but I, I'm not huge on it. I think it's fine, perfectly competent, but like, I could not say that I was engaged the whole time. And admittedly, I'll give I'll give this a little bit of slack. Admittedly, we are uh for for reasons uh, for of scheduling watching two watching two movies and recording two episodes today, so it's pretty late in the day unlike usual. So like it did the movie did have that going against it. But still, even in better circumstances, I don't think this was ever going to be a favorite of mine. Yeah. Um it's fine. I I don't like really resent anything it does offhand it's just not really that interesting to me yeah and it's like at least uh for some of the films it's kind of rough to get through and i get tired yeah i wasn't like dozing off in the film or anything it was no i wanted it to be over but just because it was so late not because the movie was bothering me yeah i think the two things that kept me engaged for most of it is one is I am just a sucker. The mom and me, the boy, you know, um, uh, Pete's character and just, just what he's going through emotionally and, and all of that. And his, his just whole little journey from, I mean, that just was like, oh, my heart was breaking for him. But the other thing is I absolutely love dragons, you know, back from Puff the Magic Dragon used to be one of my favorite songs growing up and, and just this magical dragon. And I really did like the looks of Pete and, and the effects. And so Elliot, I, I, Elliot You'll never that. stop. Gosh. If you okay. start saying Pete, you can say Pete's dragon. Pete's ah. dragon. Ooh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Elliot. Elliot. I love dragons and, and I loved Elliot. I loved his depiction. I, lo- I I just loved all the things. I just loved watching him. So anytime he was there, I just, uh, I loved it. Let's get specific. In March 2013, Walt Disney Pictures announced it would remake Pete's Dragon as a non-musical dramatic film. It set the new work in the Pacific Northwest of the early 1980s rather than the northern New England of the early 1900s seen in the original film. Uh, The film received positive reviews from critics and grossed over $143 million worldwide against a $65 million uh, production budget. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, let's talk some about the story and characters. Okay, so I already mentioned uh, the fiancé, who I don't even remember his name. He's a nothing character. Um, they probably could have slimmed it down and like made that relationship chart more concise. I think, Danica, you recommended that the Bryce Dallas Howard's character be brothers with the antagonist. Yeah, literally. I think that could have been... You can been... do basically the same things. I think that... I think it would have made it... F- 
a bit more fraught, not necessarily, not necessarily in a bad way, between them being the child of a man who saw a dragon, one wanting to protect the forest, and one who would exploit what is in it. Yeah, I think more. I think more emotional connection between the characters would not have been a negative for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because the not- the the her husband is or fiance is really just like utterly extraneous he really like he doesn't serve a narrative purpose Mm-mm. you know it's not just that oh you made as i was uh was saying earlier too when we were watching that it's a more it's a boring di- family dynamic compared to the like uh woman and her uh old dad uh of the original which then eventually gets at this other guy but like Paul. he's he's paul's ext- he's just there at the end it's fine uh spoilers <laughs> for that one sorry go <laughs> go watch that this is a sequel to our other episodes so real anyways um but like he just he doesn't serve a function and like the most function he serves is being a tie between Bryce Dallas Howard's character and the sort of antagonist. And, like, that could exist by just making them have their own tie together. Yeah. He doesn't need... He doesn't need to be there. And, frankly, I... I, I don't want to be super harsh, but I feel like he weakens the film. Like, I feel like them having a more direct connection of being siblings and her, like being real annoyed with him about his seemingly lack, his seeming lack of care for the environment while she's an environment nut and everything. And then her dad having a connection to the dragon and him wanting to capture the dragon. Like all of that could have butted heads more if they had a more direct relation that I think would have been, if that had been his son, like, yeah, that could have been way more interesting, but instead it's like her not even yet brother-in-law. It's just boring well what also got muddled for me is suppose i i think and and maybe they said it but they didn't reinforce it with action so i think her fiance was supposed sorry the brother that was the antagonist though at one point said something or someone alluded to does he know that you were cutting this deep in the forest so i don't know if he was like supposed to be a government kind of official or somebody that did something to where this is where the we're brother? allowed to cut yeah I they mean, work the, at the same company yeah they both are owner are part of the mill but yeah. why did the brother who was the antagonist say about the fiancés um, or someone say about that basically he we're, almost like we're going to get in trouble for cutting this deep. Are you sure we have the okay? And he's like, yeah, we have the okay. Because the so, brother more owns it, it seems like. Oh, okay. That was, so that's yeah. maybe why. So yeah, that was uh, flimsy, but it felt like antagonist brother was trying to make his own way in a way because he's like, he can have the mill. So there is maybe like okay. a struggle of Okay. The mill ownership. Just a or... completely extraneous struggle. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But, but yeah, so he's like, the dragon is, if I, I'm making my name, so okay, the dragon is not going to make my name. So, got it. stuff that was hinted, but not strongly established. Yeah. Just see, that's obviously what not important. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to me, it would have made a stronger thing if, like you had said, on the environmental side, that he was maybe working whatever environmentally and and you know and and that's why he was policing it because he would come zooming in in his truck but he was ineffectual like yeah wh- he was. okay no it, it wouldn't that wouldn't have made it stronger cutting him from the movie well, would that's make it true. stronger that's true and then you make the actual antagonist brother the head of the mill but he like his dad owned it or something before he retired to tell stories to kids or they're 
or whatever. He owns this, but he's unsatisfied. So he's like trying to like over forest to make more money so he can get out of this position, you know, or even he doesn't have to own it. He can just, he can just be a dude who works there and just not like his job. Like it's, you don't need the other brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is no better way, I guess, uh, no no stronger way to differentiate yourself from the movie you are ostensibly a remake of, tonal-wise, than opening with the death of the kid's parents. Oh, God. <laughs> that was, no, like, just when you see them on the road and you're like, oh, no, that's Pete. Oh, no. That's just, what a way. What a way to start. I know. Yeah. And they, they show him the car flipping over but from not Pete's point of view but looking at him so they you see him flipping around with the stuff in the back and it's like it's a lot it is it's, it's frankly maybe too much i think yeah. it is especially like you see stuff lying in the background and to me it's like thinking he could have gotten hit by that what his parents are dead, we don't see them, but we can imagine. It's just a It's a lot. I wouldn't want I, I definitely wouldn't want my grandson to see this. That it's just too in, much. It's intense. It's just too much. Like yeah. honestly, more well, intense than what most of the movie's tone is, even if the tone is much more dramatic than the other. I don't know if a kid would think would would take those steps. I think it'd probably be okay for a kid because I don't That's think they'd true. think about it. Mm. Uh especially young enough. Yeah. But yeah. for for me, yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is awful. Yeah. Well, also, the, the, here's where I have a problem sometimes with, with plot holes or what I, I feel like are plot holes is as a mom and what I have experienced with my children, I it bothered me that they had, it would have made more sense if Pete stayed by the car, even climbed on top of the car, was crying for his parents, staying there, and even then was surrounded by wolves or something. Because a kid is not just, I'm sorry, is not going to run into the forest. I did find that, like, I think they were trying to connect it with you're the bravest boy and the, like, braving the woods, but I did find that weird. I uh, just, like, picking up my backpack, and that's like, all right. So I understand what y'all are saying, but on a tonal level, I definitely did not need to sit longer in the area where the corpses of his parents were and see him him cry about it. I definitely did not, like, um, on an emotional level, need to experience that. So I understand, and and I I get your guys' problems with it, but I would not have preferred... That they were more realistic with that. That's fair. <laughs> uh, that said, that is one of the issues you run into when you are going for a more realistic and dramatic portrayal of a yeah. thing. Is those sorts of things jump out at you more when they feel like they wouldn't be as true to life. Yeah. Um, on a different note, I liked that Elliot's vocals were kind of still vaguely in the realm of the uh much more cartoony Elliot. Like some of some mm. of his his kind of mm. like deep kind of rumbling like almost sound like the boo boo boos mm. almost like yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. That was cute. Yeah, mm. Elliot was uh big dog. Uh I he showed Big CG dog. Yeah, yeah I showed intelligence, but it was the the mannerisms were more of a big dog. He definitely felt less like a people and more like a dog. Yeah. Like both uh, both Elliots have some dog characteristics, but like this this is like a big dog. Yeah, I guess this showed the like uh animated cartoon Elliot showed the They're uh, both animated, so cartoon, yeah. The mischievousness, yes. like a, a a knowing mischievousness versus this one who uh that was less clear. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not sure how much it really ended up being a big theme for the movie, but um, movie themes about not needing to rely on facts and logic, um, but but also faith, uh, just don't really click with me. And that was sort of a little bit of the setup early on with yeah, like right. with the with the dad, you know, having faith about the dragon and wanting her his daughter to have that. But she, he's like, ah, but she just cares about facts and logic, basically. Right? She's. It didn't really end up being a big part it felt like it didn't and and that's a weakness of the film if it's not going to carry through yeah but it's it was a weird setup the, the line was something like if you just see what's in front of your face you're gonna you're gonna miss a lot yeah yeah and it's like okay i guess yeah that sort of theme never really but works what for me didn't connect to me along the same lines though was that was there they're using the magic connection because you didn't see anything Okay, yeah, other than the fact that this is a dragon, right. Mm-hmm. But you don't see anything like magical, mystical, or what anything it's more about like a it. magic feeling inside yeah, I mean, you. See, and, and, and so I, I think they should have cut that out. It would be, I can see him going with, even going with the fact that you're talking about huge expanses of force, this huge, dense force that are unknown. So something yeah, like, like Bigfoot could be yeah, in there. Well, no, we just, should search. <laughs> we should find Bigfoot. He's in there. That's what I mean is by instead of just kind of the thing is, you know, do you, if you just believe what's in front of you, it's just that kind of keep an open mind for the yeah. unknown. You know, you know, there's, you know, you think, you know, the force like the back of your hand, but there's no way. I mean, there's so much left of this forest that you, you really haven't seen. You know, you know sure. that type thing. That's still honestly, basically the same thing. Um, and also it's just not really much of a theme. Like she yeah. doesn't believe in it until she actually sees a dragon. And that's, yeah, like that's how most people would react to you saying that there's a dragon in the woods. For sure. <laughs> so it just doesn't really. There's not. It doesn't feel like any sort of character growth for her. It feels yeah. like she walked into the woods after this little boy, and then she saw a freaking dragon, and I was like, okay, well, I guess that's part of my belief system now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard not to for me kind of relate some of this to Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> It really, uh, like, you and I were kind of like, this is kind of Harry and the Hendersons meets, um... You said Tarzan. Tarzan, yeah. <laughs> the, the boy's got a lot of Tarzan, and there's a lot of, like, the Tarzan ones, uh, especially, that focus on Tarzan becoming a part yeah. of human society again, rather than, like, it's Disney's Tarzan, where right. that's not really a thing. But... Uh, what I was uh, trying Pete to say, is, and then Elliot is is Harry from oh, Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> just to make sure you understand the metaphor. But with like, so I'm trying to think. There's in this film a, a bit of a mythology around dragons and that area. There is a song about it seems like, to mostly have been fostered by her dad. Not that it didn't exist, but he seems to be the main one talking about it. I don't think he would have made up a song, though. Like, there is a song about heading north, like, three stars, and, like, that's where you'll find dragons. Yeah, yeah. And which, you know, matters in the film. But it still feels like the world isn't fully integrated. It feels like our world, oh, and there's a dragon, oh, by the way, here's a song. It feels kind of disconnected, and I don't buy it. yeah. You know, in the way that I bought it with Harry and the Hendersons of like that he that he exists and like, oh, yeah, people are, you know, weird about about it because uh, it's a big no one thought that that existed. But but, you know, it I buy it more there. And there's something about the way that the world was structured that I didn't buy it. The, there's the world. And I think it's also just 
it doesn't really feel like the characters go on much of a character journey outside mm, of Pete, yeah. who who's again not like the strongest, but it feels like Pete definitely goes on something of a character journey. Yeah. But like uh Bryce Dallas Howard's character, like there's not really any arc for her. Whereas the reason that like Harry and the Hendersons hit so much harder is because uh, the the main guy, I don't remember his name. Oh yeah. He's one of the, he's the Mr. Henderson. I don't remember his first name, Yeah, but he's, he's such a like kind of D bag <laughs> and like does not like hates this thing. Yeah. And then like goes on a character arc of learning to appreciate it and becoming less of a D bag. And, and he loves this. And, thing. and yeah. And like coming to love him and like changes as a person. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of changes of people in here. Yeah. Like, even, we can talk about it more in spoilers, but even the antagonist, like, doesn't really have any clear change and arguably has no change based on the small scene of them at the very end. Like, there's really not any change beyond a boy who had to live in the woods now doesn't yeah. and lives with a family. But it doesn't feel like the family itself changed in any way. They were just a nice family who decided to bring this boy yeah, in. Yeah, they were nice. And that's not inherently bad, but it doesn't, it just doesn't pull me in in the same way yeah. as a story where there's big character growth like that. Yeah, because it doesn't, the knowledge them finding out the dragons do exist and getting confirmation doesn't transform them. They were nice people before, they didn't believe, but then they saw them. And they believed, but then they were still nice people. So, I mean, yeah. again, there was no, like, transformation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Neither with Bryce da Dallas Howard's character, really. And then again, the fiancé was almost nothing. Almost nothing. So, he was, like, nice dude. Uh, strongest presence, of course, was Robert Redford's character, the father who saw the drag... The dragon, a dragon before. And he didn't go on any sort of arc, but it didn't feel like his character needed to. That yes. wasn't, like, the purpose of his character. He just has a charisma anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Yes, he, he, he He saw a dragon in the woods one day and was like, oh, magic exists. I feel magic within me. And then he got to experience magic again later. And great for him. Super happy for him. Yeah. And, and they did have some, you know, environmental storytelling with, it looked like he created... Uh, like carvings or he was a, a woodworker of sorts and would create stuff around dragons. And so that was nice, but it, it was, you know, on the periphery. Well, it also alluded with Robert Redford's character um, that he did have somewhat of a transformation in that he maybe he, I mean, he was a big hunter or something, but he was going to shoot the dragon. Sure. And then when he tells and the then, actual yeah, story and then to when his he daughter. had to look in his eye or whatever with looking face to face to the dragon, it made him feel compelled. He described it as magic or whatever. He saw magic in his eyes to put down his gun. Right. And then they just stared at each other. But that's a transformation he went through before the story. Right. And that's what I'm saying is it sounds like he had a transformation. Right. He had it previously. And that was previous. So he's already so, done. Locked so in. that seemed to have changed his perspective on things, his appreciation of things. But this is all you find out. This is backstory. Right. Yeah, this didn't happen in the actual and exposition. Yeah. Yes. Um, two uh, bits that I found uh, kind of funny was when um, Pete broke the stick so that the little girl would notice him as he ran. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
And uh, that lady who said, don't you bark at our dog? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, because he growled too. But yes, yeah, she made That was she really funny. Yes. Like, uh, control your dog, please. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And there did, you know, it's funny because we talked about, because we, not that we mentioned this detail, but, but really the way they got Pete out of the woods, it was the construction company. And when, when the little girl wandered off and, and they interacted, when he was trying to escape, the the antagonist grabbed him, but he when he pulled him down from the tree, he pulled him too hard and knocked Pete out. And so then Pete was taken to a hospital because um, he was unconscious. And then he was taken to a hospital, but also they were, you know, to check him out because he was a kid in the woods. You know, how is he doing? Is he, you know, healthy? Whatever. Um, and then Pete wakes up in this strange place and he ultimately escapes. So he's running through town in his um, hospital gown. Mm-hmm. And so he's leaving around. But we were talking about, you know, aren't people, you know, isn't anyone noticing that there's a, a kid in a hospital thing or whatever running through town? But they did notice. They did ultimately notice because you would see like some restaurant people that all like looked or whatever. And then again, the, this couple he runs across that were walking their dog and different things. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess ultimately... This movie, like, transposing this kind of plot into this more, into this other thing, it just kind of becomes, in a lot of ways, a bunch of movies I've seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I've seen a kid being taken in by a new family, and the transition is awkward, but they be ultimately become a loving family. Yeah. And I've seen, oh, there's a scary creature in the woods, but also it turns out it's a big lovable thing, and we all love it. And <laughs> I have a note uh, towards the end when they're they're trying to get Elliot uh, out of there, and, and, and there's a chase and stuff. I'm like, it's become a real free willy situation here. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, it just... Yeah, no, I I can see all those yeah all, all like those the original musical like i don't love and it definitely feels of a piece with other even older musicals and stuff but in terms of the actual story it doesn't necessarily feel like a thing i've seen 50 times even if the like core uh, a woman adopts this this kid is like that's that's a thing I've seen before, but then there's also like this weird flim flam doctor man and these creepy redneck uh, people that are like, oh, we bought this kid actually for labor purposes. Like there's these elements that just kind of make it this this weird, silly thing that I haven't quite seen before. But this just feels like a mishmash of like multiple things that I've seen and all of which did it better. So there just wasn't a lot for me here, ultimately. Yeah. Well, and also, since they made it so realistic, what also bothered me is they didn't do a very good job of protecting Pete. This kid that they they take out of the woods um, from this traumatic situation. And again, they knock him out, no consequence of that, of pulling him down. But then he's just in the hospital room by himself. They don't bring him psychological help. They don't it have someone. It sounded like they were right outside the door. I know, but seriously, in, if you have someone that has not been in civilization, well, you know, they whatever, you would just At that point, leave they them. didn't know how long he hadn't been. Yeah, that is. For all I they knew, that's... he had gotten lost a week ago. They just didn't know. Okay, I, I guess she, that's fair. She suspected he had been longer, but she still didn't know how long. Yeah. But no, I think it's, again, what I've said is that because you're going for such a relatively realistic portrayal, it just opens the door for a lot more questions when stuff doesn't feel like what we think would be realistic. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's uh, have me give the one note about voice actors that I have, or like actors in general, which is that Elliot is voiced by John Kassir, um, who has done a lot of voice work, um, but notably uh, was the Crypt Keeper um, oh, yeah. and is the current voice of Scrooge McDuck in most things. Oh, um, wow. Not the, the not, David Tennant one. Yeah, besides the one that David Tennant is voicing, but in other general Disney stuff, he's he's become the current voice since uh, Alan Young passed away uh, earlier in the decade or whatever. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, and I, I think he did a perfectly fine job. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about animation and cinematography and all that stuff. I think the uh, integration of Pete and Elliot, like them interacting and stuff like that, I thought that looked really good. I thought it felt real. It felt like they were interacting with each other. And uh, I will say that the uh, reason I think Elliot looks so good and the integration looks so good is because it was Weta Digital, who uh, is also known for such works as the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Gollum that also was integrated very well, and Avatar. So they're good at that. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I I went back and forth on uh, Elliot's design. It was, it was just different, sometimes a little goofy. It was, I I guess, fine fine. overall. Yeah, yeah. I I think it... Like, you know, it it makes the shift towards much more realistic while still not kind of losing a bit of the softer element of him. Yeah. Making him furry and kind of a a lot more round shapes in the face and stuff. It made me think of uh, Sully. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Mm, Yeah. And And, and kind of like a a Lion King lion in terms of face shape almost with the jaw. Well, and two is what, especially since this was supposed to be in, wasn't it supposed to be in the Pacific Northwest yeah. where the story was, is, you know, I used to tease when we lived in um, Vancouver, Washington, if you stood still long enough, moss would grow on you. <laughs> because, I mean, literally I had to climb on my roof and hose it down to get the moss off so I, and, and things like that. <laughs> but so with he, he had... Elliot had this green fur, and so he just, not only did he blend in beautifully with the woods, but it it was just so lush-filling, and almost, you know, and so it made it great, like, when he would, I loved, some of my favorite things is when he would take Elliot, when Elliot would take Pete and hug him to his chest, and, um, and things like that. I also loved, I just think they did a beautiful job, any time that... Elliot was flying or leaping around the woods or climbing trees. I loved it. I loved it when he was playing in the water. I loved yeah. it. There was a scene where, um, in fact, the first time we see their, them together, um, that first day, and Pete is running through the woods and running along kind of this little stream and stuff, and Elliot is is jumping and, and running behind him, and just the splashing with the water and all of that just looks so real. I will say, though, that, like, the scene of Pete and Elliot flying is like fine and and perfectly gorgeous or whatever, but it still does pale in comparison to Disney's earlier work, Rescuers Down Under, mm. whose opening minutes with the boy and the hawk and the majestic water and everything yes, is just yes. unparalleled. Yeah, yeah I that, think yeah. again, what helped with Rescuers Down Under, the colors, the lighting, yes, where you get because you have to be realistic. Yeah, you don't get to be as artistic or interpretive with. Some of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, the scene was also pretty long, actually. It was. I actually did have an earlier note that said I felt like the overall them in the forest scene was way too long. Yeah, like... <laughs> just, like, too long with not enough happening. Mm-hmm. 
of I- not enough of import. Like, yeah, they're playing. I get it. Yeah, if there was, uh, I I see them building certain things like with the stars that they there was a yeah. pointed scene where they were on a place looking at the stars and that relates. Yes. But it wasn't obvious. And, and like, like having him fly, like, yeah, sure. It's not like individual pieces, good, just too many individual pieces. Yeah. Cut a few of them out. And, and you're going to laugh, but we, we mentioned this once. There's a scene um, where um, Elliot and Pete are in their home. There, This is this big, gorgeous tree, and it's hollowed out, and it's almost like a cave. Um, in the bottom of the tree that they go into. Anyway, they're sitting around. It's night. They're campfire and um, or you know a, a fire that they have in the middle. And um, Elliot, sorry, Pete gets out his book that he had from a little boy and is reading it. And he leaves the book open too close to the fire. My point is when later on in the movie where the antagonist finds their home, finds the tree, and goes in there and finds the book. The book is still open. And the point is, he was supposed to be in the woods for six years. If that's how he treated the book in in this kind of way, you know, even though it was inside with this kind of weather, there would have been, a, there would have really almost disintegrated or would have like had a lot of problems. So I think he would have, and especially if this was a cherished position, uh, um, possession, possession, I think he would have taken really good care of it. You know, kept it closed or kept it in his back, you know, back something like that. I don't know. Otherwise, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have held up. Yeah, so. I feel like it would have shown How's it hold up? Not very yeah, well yeah. if you do that. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, help me out. What did it mean? They, they did this twice. Uh, when Pete... Touched Elliot, and then he went green, and then Bryce Dallas Howard's character touched Pete, touched Elliot, and it went green. Is that just the magic? Is it that he can change color? Yeah, like they. I that's the best that I got is I that know. he can change color. Like I don't, I don't know either. Is, is, this is like that his? Ha- is that his happy color? Yeah, I does, tell does he you. make an emotional connection, magical connection with someone, and then yeah. Well, I don't the know. second time was when he was on the right. thing, so I don't know if it's happy color. Yeah, because no, he was true. green when he was on the I don't know what truck. it is. Yeah. Not, yeah. And it doesn't, and trusting doesn't make sense because uh, some stuff in spoilers, unless in spoilers he just didn't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, it's yeah, like, that wasn't ooh, clear. magic, but it felt like that didn't mean anything. It was just nice to look at. Yeah. Let's go on to sound design. Academy Award-winning composer Howard Shore was originally hired to write the music for Pete's Dragon, but he was replaced during post-production by Daniel Hart, who had previously worked with director Lowry on other films. Though the film does not contain any songs from the original film, one song from that film, Candle on the Water, was recorded especially for the soundtrack album by the band Okerville River. Okay. So they still had to have that... Somewhere connected to this movie. All right. When did they play it? It wasn't in the movie. They just—it's just just on the soundtrack. Oh, okay. On the soundtrack album, they have that. Okay. Yeah, they had they had the uh, the song about the North Star that the little girl sang, Mm, and then that was in the credits as well. Uh, Yeah, the song, the 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 miscellaneous songs that appeared in it, which weren't like they they were always in universe songs, like on the radio or what have you. Um, Were they always? Or, or like, 
overlaid, but no character hears it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they weren't ever sung, but is I guess what I'm saying. Like, pop songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, country pop songs. And yeah. And that's just thoroughly uninteresting to me, well, so I wasn't super about most of the music, to be honest. Yeah, and there was also, and I'm going to say it was an older one, and I'm trying to think of what it was from, but the little girl played a record, or yeah. an album, yeah, you know, yeah. um, for him. I'm trying to remember Oh, yeah, that, that was one of the was. songs I enjoyed the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was more, I don't know, not jazzy fully, but yeah, it wasn't country, yeah. but... Uh, and, I don't know, I think it was okay nothing stand out and there was a couple for the score yeah for Agreed. the score there was at least one time where i wasn't sure if it was even matching to me the feeling of the uh scene like i think elliot had run away from the hunters initially and it felt triumphant in a way that didn't acknowledge that there was still danger around it was kind of weird yeah i mean no offense to daniel hart um, even though this is fully a statement that you could pretty much only be offended by, but like Howard Shore would have done it better because he's Howard Shore. I don't, I don't know, know either um, by name because I do feel that. Sorry, I do feel that it was lacking. I mean, I don't feel like the that it enhanced the mood, the tone, anything. Um, not only of the scene you're talking about, Valerie, but anywhere. And I and I do feel like a really good, you know, a good score and a, and some good orchestra or you know music could have enhanced things mm-hmm. could have enhanced tension could have enhanced you know when when it was more lighthearted i i just think it really could have made the the movie better he did lord of the rings Short <laughs> yes yeah. oh. among many other oh, things oh man yes then this could have been so much better with him holy cow but you know i i get but it I'll like f- if the director had worked with the composer who is on it and was like comfortable working with him i get it like yeah. it's fine um and also like it's not like a score i don't think a really good score could have elevated this above what the no. rest of it was so no i don't think so either fine enough but music does really get me emotionally involved with something. So I, I, yeah. I think it, I think it, I don't know how much it would have elevated it, but I do feel like there would have been some elevation. Sure. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Uh, the note I have here is there was a conversation where someone said, you ever seen a bear that big? And the response was, thought I did once. Turns out it was just Bobby's sister. And like, I didn't, I didn't need the fat phobic joke. Get out of here. Mm. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. It was... Fine. Yeah, it's 2016. I don't think there's anything egregious otherwise. Not really. I was just going to say a positive. Um, I think we all had red flags go up and we were initially worried when um, the little girl came into the scene and we thought, oh, this is going to be one of those where they try to make this little boy that's been lost, you know, Pete, have a romantic interest with this little girl. And I was very glad to say they didn't go down that. No, they were ultimately a sibling sibling thing. sibling and yeah. Yeah, I think the the... The one scene around that where I was like, well, that doesn't make sense to me was he was uh, by the little girl, one of the early on when they met and he was like pull, t- pulling at her hair or just yeah. kind of like picking it up. And it's like, my guy, you have long hair, too. Yeah. I think it was clean and his is not. That's I think that's, that's my fair best point. guess. Week, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, but I, I was just happy to see um Pete's focus seemed to stay on Elliot and wanting to be with Elliot in his in his home and, you know, and go back to something he knew. Let's go on to our spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. 
This film had a classic Disney death fake out. Oh, yes. Can't beat those. Uh, <sighs> yeah, there's like yes. a climactic scene where they're all on a bridge or whatever. Um, they smash through kind of villain guys. Uh, car sort of accidentally uh, and and uh, Elliot uh, gets his stamina back and he hears the sirens going and that sets him off and he goes and he's breathing fire and it's destroying some of the bridge but it's also destroying and making the uh, truck fall that Bryce Dallas Howard and her husband are in fiance fiance are in uh, and so the brother tries to stop it and then Elliot realizes finally when Pete like manages to climb the bridge enough and call out to him or whatever. So Elliot like goes down and he and he tries to stop the car from falling, but then oh no, the bridge crumbles and the car, uh, the truck and uh, Elliot both fall into the the fog. Uh, but they're fine. They the two adults fly on the dragon and they're fine. Um, yeah, and like this is the point where the brother. F- is supposed to have his turn because but he doesn't because he could have lost his brother and like oh this is what his greed gets him but it's just like it's but then you see him again later in a little sort of almost montage thing and he just still seems like annoyed about like oh could have had an opportunity there like it didn't feel like he learned anything (laughs) right there wasn't Real his what his consequence is losing his truck right I get yeah that's stupid <laughs> oh, that almost, was, almost losing his brother but that was another kind of weird thing to me was whenever they initially got Elliot which is not in spoilers the synchronicity like they were a machine of like shooting him with uh, tranquilizer darts and like wrapping him up and I'm like oh. they, they had a game plan they like yeah, planned it all out ahead of time they seemed really it felt like they should have been a bit more bumbling about it. But maybe not. <laughs> well, I think too is we're like we're gonna go hunting, boys. I you know maybe they were big game hunters. Who knows? Maybe you know just wrapping up those moose or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> those moose oh. or something. <laughs> um, and then the end of the movie is like you know Pete's gonna be with the family or whatever, uh, but. Uh, their tree was destroyed when Elliot was captured. So Elliot can't stay in the woods anymore because even if the tree wasn't destroyed, everyone knows where he is. Yeah. He's got to move. He can't stay with them. So they got to separate, tearful goodbye or whatever. But all all three of us were like, okay, but we've heard stuff about you follow the North Star and you head towards the mountains and that's where the home of the dragons is or whatever. And we're like, okay, you got to show, you got to show us Elliot again and he's got to be with his dragon buddies, you got to do it. Um, and, and, and finally at the very end, he, you see, you see as, as Robert Redford's like talking over the footage. I think he died. That's my head cannon. Anyways, anyways, as he's, as he's talking over the footage or whatever of the rest of the family, not him going to (laughs) near the mountains to, to find, um, Elliot or whatever. whatever. Right, right, right. You see uh, Elliot like bounding next to them and he jumps and he kind of goes off a cliff like fly diving or whatever. And he shoots back up and then a bunch of other dragons shoot up after him and we're all like, yeah. Yes, we needed that. Legit, it would have affected the score that we're going to get this movie. So like, it's good that that was there. Yes. I so needed Elliot to have a happy ending too. Seriously though, Robert Redford died. 
He, well, I, oh, he did. He it. did. He's not. Why wouldn't well, he they bring him? He, he said, loves the dragon. And, and his narration even said, "Their story goes on. This is the end of my story, or something." Uh, it wasn't quite. It wasn't lines, that. But it wasn't that on the nose. But it was about like all stories come to an end or whatever, including mine or something. I don't like think that. he said including mine. I think I said that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he said maybe, that. <laughs> maybe you planted that. Scene I, in my I like <laughs> did say it multiple times, but he didn't say anything that on the nose. But like he would have been there. Yeah. He would have been there. He died, yeah. so that's that's and I, yeah. That's the head cannon. That, that's my only sad thing. <laughs> no more Robert Redford. And that no. Uh Elliot's fire looked cool. Yeah. Mm, he did. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and that's Ooh. one of the the uh, CG or one of the the uh animation that I loved. It was a silhouette with the fire thing, and they pan back, and you see Elliot on the top of this bridge, and he's breathing fire down, and that was gorgeous to me. That would made it so realistic. I loved that shot. Yeah, and I was just saying that was the thing I alluded to is Elliot breathing fire at the truck. Maybe he didn't see who the truck was, or maybe he was just so scared that he was just acting out but like it didn't make sense it once again felt a bit vague on that point to me it didn't make sense for me to put those two in danger right yeah um i'd like to scoot back for just a moment when you said that the striking silhouette of a literal dragon raining fire down on a truck on a bridge felt realistic to you and question what you mean by the word realistic because do you mean good because there's nothing realistic about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a beautiful silhouette and it was, it, it looked real to me. And especially, I realize I've come from um, Vox Machina, you know, that, that they, they did on, um, on Amazon, Amazon Prime, um, where they have dragons, you know, either spewing something down on people and shots and flying and stuff. So in that sense, it was, it was, it looked really good. It looked... I, I was in the moment. But then say that looks really good. Okay. Not realistic. Okay, okay, okay. Because <laughs> it's not realistic. It's a dragon. I know, but... But it also didn't sound like what you were describing in the scene realism was like the thing that you enjoyed about it it sounded like the shot composition and how cool it looked was what yes, you like yes and that's not realism that's good shot composition yeah maybe like well integrated like well, it, right. yeah, it, yeah. it kept me in the moment yeah I just you thought it, was, it looked yes. good and engaging and like yeah, yeah, com- yeah. composited well like yeah. yeah any more spoilers um oh i guess uh just for that scene well not just but but yeah, Robert Redford got to do a lot as the uh, the guy helping the kids get out with uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Elliot. Yeah, yeah. He drove so, the truck, yeah. Yeah, like... Good good showing for Robert Redford. Really? Up like, until he died off screen. <laughs> <laughs> really, like, I think his charisma did a lot here. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, he's a magnetic actor. No more spoilers. Let's go on to favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? Uh, the scene where the happy, um, generic white family was reading a story up in the bedroom and Elliot was looking <laughs> through the window at it. Because uh, it really just, like, emphasized for me how useless the fiancé <laughs> was in this film and, like, how much he was harshing the vibe by just making it so boring. <laughs> I'm going to agree, but for a different reason. I don't like that that they made it, like this 
quick makeshift family. I don't feel like, again, Pete would have would have integrated that that quickly as well as given up whatever the the way he liked to read the story. I just I didn't like that. It was too forced. There was not enough connection established. If it was just even the I forgot what her name is, but the mom character, the 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 ranger, her sitting there in the bed with the kids or something or even with him reading the story, I would have bought it more because they had made a connection. But to have him just like, oh, I want to be with this mom, dad, you know. Yeah, it really it felt just, like yeah. Pete and him had like no relationship. Yeah. 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 It was too forced. I didn't like it. Yeah. And they had him and, and sorry. And why that was really prominent for me is they had him reading the book mm. well so so that was one thing that was a little unclear to me is the daughter who the mother was because she that was her book and if bryce dallas howard was not with in their life as a parent parental figure at that moment well then it makes sense to me for the dad to read the book because it was mm. hers her his daughters so so that that made i wasn't worried about that uh, but it, it, I didn't, again, I don't know when that relationship happened and how that happened. And your least favorite scene is? Uh, I think, I think honestly, the, uh, the scene where they were capturing, uh, Elliot, mm. uh, partly cause it's like, oh no, sad, but also it's like, this is oddly well organized in a way that these guys feel blundering. Mm. It doesn't feel like... And then also Elliot did the the shot where he's like flying up into the sky towards the camera and then, oh no, and then he dramatically falls. And I swear I've seen that in like 10 movies in the last 15 years. Sick of it. Sick to death of it. Oh my God. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh, don't bark at our dog. (laughs) Don't you bark at our dog. That was my favorite. (laughs) That was the only time I like actually like laughed and it was, it was funny. Like that was a good moment. And honestly, kind of generally him kind of running through the city was pretty fun. I enjoyed him being on the bus and the kids were reacting to him and stuff. That's That was fun, too. Uh, I think my favorite was when the girl and Pete were breaking into getting into the warehouse after the people had left to meet the cops. And the reason it's my favorite is when the little girl locked the door with a thing. It's like, lock that door, lock that door. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that helped, like keep them out of the building while Robert Redford and the children. I think you literally out loud said, she's my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gosh. Even though I loved something in spoilers, I think though, I think which just, I needed and it was great. um, I think probably my favorite was, was Pete running through town and, and kind of just all of that. And like I said, especially, you know, jumping on cars and running through there because I, it was just really well done. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was very realistic to me. I mean, again, this poor kid, he was just like, I got to get out of here. I got to go find, you know, Elliot, my home. I don't know who these people are, you know? And yeah, it was good. Uh, We watched a little director's thing at the end in the extras. And uh, that was interesting to see them, that the kids were doing their stunts and the prep they had for that. I think, I think the kids did a good job at those physical things. And I I think it did help or it it did add to the film. Like, I think you could have done tricks to kind of cut away from it and imply the action, but I think that they did the action that looked good. 
Who was your least favorite character in the movie? Uh, the the fiance that didn't need to be in the movie and would have actually it would have actually been probably a better movie without him. Uh, I'll go with the the antagonist brother. Sure. About same level. I, the antagonist brother motivation was like not even there. He he didn't like his job and he wanted money. Yeah, it and felt he didn't like... give a crap about this dragon in terms of its humanity or reason or its ability to live or any. He's like that's an animal that I can make money off. Yeah, of. Yeah, he was just a stinky guy. Just a stinky guy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with him. That with the the antagonist, especially the minute I saw that, like you know, he's just going after stuff with a gun, and he's a hunter, and and he just has that callousness. And again, like I, I think said, you that, called him a couple curse words. <laughs> I might have, yes, yeah. yes. So yeah, who's your favorite character in the movie? I said the little girl for that scene, but I think it might be actually Robert Redford's character. Just I think it's Robert Redford's but, but, character. But it's kind of unanimous <laughs> because me. of his yeah. his charisma as an actor. Yeah, like well, the yeah. character itself and is, the story he tells about seeing the dragon. Yeah, the the character himself is okay. Yeah, but perfectly fine. None of the characters were super strong. My second would probably be Pete. Yeah, he, he's I, a good, good actor, good yeah. child actor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I want to say my affinity and my my love and appreciation for Robert Redford goes way back. In fact, he was my crush when I. I, you know, growing up, um, my late teens and into early adulthood, I, in fact, I think I had a poster of him and I, I thought he was the most gorgeous man on the, you know, that ever lived. And the only one that has even come close to him and, and I don't have like a, like, oh, attraction because he's way too young for me, but Chris Hemsworth, because before, seriously, there was no parallel to me to Robert Redford until Chris Hemsworth came along. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, I just think again, he was the most gorgeous man and then he has such a great actor and he's so charismatic, but yeah, I just, I love him so much. I think I just want to say that that was really brave of you <laughs> to admit that in a public forum like this. Um, and we all want to thank you for your courage. I'm holding her hand right now to emphasize. <laughs> I think we had a poster of Jonathan Taylor Thomas when we were young. Who's we? My sister and I. Oh, okay. I think it was in her room. But I I think it was there. That's so brave of you. JTT. If Tim Curry were in this movie, who would he be? Would he be Robert Redford's character? No. You can't take Robert Redford out. I love Tim Curry, but no, you cannot take Robert Redford out. I think it would once again be funny if he voiced Elliot. <laughs> Maybe funnier this time. Maybe. I, I, want, should... I want him to voice Elliot, but in the style of the Elliot from the original. <laughs> so it's just like this photorealistic CG dragon that's going, bo, 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 and like Tim Curry's voice. It'd be amazing. Ignore my bad Tim Curry impression. <laughs> um, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if he was Robert the... Redford. No, <laughs> stop. It's no. just to get the reaction from <laughs> you. You may not take Robert Redford out of this movie. He's still nice to look at. Oh my um, god! Uh, but no, he's just uh, just a gorgeous man. Um, 
no, mine would be, uh, my take would be to make him like an older brother of, and him be the antagonist. Then maybe I would have liked him more. You could have, he would have developed it more. Yeah. Write a whole new character for him. I think he can make a good villain. He can make a good villain. Honestly, I think a full new character. All right, let's go on to our overall (laughs) consensus and what we would rate it. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if I could recommend the film. It's not terrible, but I don't really want to watch it again. Uh, and I would, I don't think I'd pay attention much at all if it were on in the background. Uh, I guess I'll give it, uh, it's not, it's not awful, so... So maybe a 1.75? Um, I I might lightly recommend it, but not for young children at all. I would not want my grandson to see it, you know, especially even just the violence, you know, and, and what happened to the family, even though that might go over his head still. I don't know. Um, but especially the guns and them trying to, to hurt Elliot. Um, but anyway, um, I, so maybe a light recommendation. And I think, I think I'll go with the two. And that's mainly because I, I do really like um, the the CG and the and the animation and the little act, the actor you have. Well, you, first of all, you have Robert Redford. I'm not going to give a film with Robert Redford <laughs> in it less than a two. I'm sure uh, he's so been in a like, bad film. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, but he didn't do a bad job in this. And anyway, um, and so yeah, so so I'll say two. I think I'll also go with a two just because it's, I mean, it's competent on a base level, even if it's boring on like Dumbo, which was not competent on a base level and boring. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't watch it again, probably ever. So I'll give it a two. Uh, what I, I think I've said this off mic uh, to Valerie, but like, I feel like both this and the original are kind of meh, um, but... I would much rather have the original on in the background um, and not pay that much attention to it and then just focus in on the parts that I do enjoy, like the actors that I like or the musical numbers I like, uh, whereas I have pretty much no reason to ever have this on again. So thank you all very much for listening. Thank yeah, you. thank you. And please join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch where I stream. I'm playing Final Fantasy IX. Um, and you can find me at Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R, and my lovely daughter and daughter-in-law are wonderful. They um, they accompany me. At, they're in the chat. We're very friendly. We'd love to have you. So, yes, pop in on my stream any Wednesday at 7 p.m. And next time, we will be answering the age-old question. Can cats dance? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Join us then. <laughs> Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. 
Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening! Can I just say that you've spit on me three times oh uh, during our two recording sessions? Maybe maybe it's been one per uh, all three, actually. I, I, but it's three total so far. No, it's not there anymore. Don't rub me. <laughs> Babe, I don't know we're done by Then don't, then stop. I found it. How much? Uh, you gave Dumbo... A 1.5. You were way above Mom and I, who gave it a 0. 0.75. <laughs> you loved it. You comparatively? Comparatively, you I loved, loved Dumbo. Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs>